Sunday blessings to you all. This is the Lord's Day, the day of resurrection that commences a new week and offers a new opportunity to be drawn by grace more deeply into the paschal mystery of Jesus Christ. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, may each of us graciously respond to Jesus' invitation to live more deeply his passion, death, and glorious resurrection and ascension and be drawn into loving communion with God our Father. You are listening to Encountering Jesus with the Church Fathers, a podcast pondering patristic commentary and insight on the sacred scriptures, the sacred liturgy, and living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Father Mark, and I welcome you to this podcast on the second Sunday of Advent. Guiding us this Sunday in opening the Word of God is a familiar voice, Origin of Alexandria. Regarded as an ancient Christian writer, he undeniably influenced some of the great fathers of the Church, as well as believers and theologians throughout the centuries. He was the oldest of seven children, born around the year 185 into a very devout Christian family. In the year 201 or 202, a persecution of Christians erupted, and while many fled, Origen's family remained, resulting in the arrest and eventual execution of his father, Leonides. At the young age of 17 or 18, Origen penned an exhortation to martyrdom to his imprisoned father with the intent of strengthening his father's resolve to remain steadfast in his witness to Jesus Christ. Following his father's martyrdom, Origen continued his insatiable thirst for knowledge and availed himself of some of the finest teachers in Alexandria. Origen then soon discovered a second love, that of teaching. While he was a gifted teacher in many fields of human knowledge, it was his love of sacred scripture that seized Origen to the core. The local bishop asked Origen, in fact, to prepare catechumens for baptism within the context of the Alexandrian catechetical school founded years earlier by Pantaneus and enhanced by St. Clement of Alexandria. Building on their foundations, Origen's contribution resulted in the Alexandrian Catechetical School becoming the premier center for Christian theology. Due to some difficulties with the local bishop, as well as an invitation from the bishops of Caesarea in Palestine, Origen left Alexandria for the Holy Land. He produced even more commentaries on sacred scripture and honed his allegoric method for biblical exegesis. In the year 250, another round of persecutions erupted, this time under the Emperor Dacius. Origen was arrested and imprisoned, and according to some of his biographers, Origen was tortured severely, 
and then given a period to recuperate, only to have the pattern of torture and recuperation repeated. The emperor did not want Origen to die a martyr, but wanted to break his faith and commitment to the person Jesus. Such did not occur, and because of his faithfulness, history has bestowed upon Origen the title Adamantus, the Greek word for diamond or steel. When the persecutions ended and Origen was released from prison, he died about six months later, around the year 254. Origen was a prolific writer, and a number of his writings are extant. On this Sunday, we listen to an excerpt from his commentary on the Gospel of Luke, reflecting on the many quotations from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, proclaimed in this Sunday's Gospel at Mass, from the Gospel according to St. Mark. On another note, Podcasts featuring some of my students from Holy Family University are being posted on this same site as the Sunday podcasts. In addition, an article on preparing appears on my blog. As usual, links for the podcast and blog article will appear in the podcast description. And now, from Origin of Alexandria. Consider this. Desert is more intelligible if it is understood mystically and not according to the simple letter. For someone who preaches in the desert cries out to no purpose, since no one hears him speaking. Therefore, the precursor of Christ and the voice of one crying out in the desert is preaching in the desert of the soul that has no peace. Yet, not only then, but also now, a burning and shining lamp comes first and preaches a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then the true light follows when the lamp itself says, He must increase, I must decrease. The word of God comes to be in the desert and comes to the whole region lying along the Jordan. For what other places ought the Baptist have made the rounds of except the neighborhood of the Jordan? If anyone wanted to do penance, a bath of water was available. Then, Jordan means descending. But the descending river of God, one running with a vigorous force, is the Lord our Savior. Into him we are baptized with true water, saving water. Baptism is also preached for the remission of sins. Come, catechumens, do penance, 
so that baptism for the remission of sins will follow. He who stops sinning receives baptism for the remission of sins. For if anyone comes sinning to the washing, he does not receive forgiveness of sins. Therefore, I implore you, do not come to baptism without caution and careful consideration. First, show results worthy of repentance. Spend some time in good living. Keep yourselves clean of all stains and vices. Your sins will be forgiven when you yourselves begin to despise your own sins. Put aside your own offenses, and they will be forgiven you. But we read this scriptural passage itself, which is quoted from the Old Testament in Isaiah the prophet. For this scripture says, The voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. The Lord wants to find in you a path by which he can enter into your souls and make his journey. Prepare for him the path of which it is said, Make straight his paths. The voice of one crying in the desert, the voice cries, Prepare the way. For first a voice comes to the ears, then, after the voice, or rather, along with the voice, the word gains entrance to the sense of hearing. In this manner was Christ proclaimed by John. Therefore, let us see what the voice proclaims about the word. It says, prepare a way for the Lord. What way are we to prepare for the Lord? Surely not a material way. Or, can the word of God go on such a journey? Should not the way be prepared for the Lord within? Should not straight and level paths be built in our hearts? This is the way by which the word of God has entered. That word dwells in the spaces of the human heart. If the human heart is pure, it is great and broad and spacious. Do you wish to know its size and its breadth? See what a great amount of divine thought it holds. The Lord himself says, He gave me true knowledge of those things that are, to know the reason for the world and the workings of the elements, the beginning and the end and the midpoint of the ages, the changing of the seasons and the passing of the months, the rotation of the years and the abode of the stars, the natures of animals and the fury of beasts, the power of spirits and the thoughts of men, the varieties of trees and the power of their roots. You see that a man's heart, which can grasp so much, is not small. 
realize that its greatness is measured not by the size of the body, but by the strength of its awareness. It can grasp such great knowledge of the truth. But to lead some simple listeners through everyday examples to believe that the human heart is great, let us consider the following. Whatever cities we have traveled through, we have in our souls. Their qualities and the plans of their streets and walls and buildings are present in our hearts. We retain the picture and the descriptions of memory, the street we entered upon. In silent thought, we encompass the sea we sailed upon. As I said, man's heart, which can encompass such great things, is not small. But if it is not small and it can encompass such great things, it follows that the way of the Lord is prepared in it, and his path becomes straight, so that the word of God and his wisdom can walk in it. Prepare the way for the Lord by such good living, and smooth out a path with understanding works so that the word of God can walk in you without stumbling at all and give you knowledge of his mysteries and his coming. To him is glory and power for ages of ages. Amen. All holy men and women, pray for us. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, may no earthly undertaking hinder those who set out in haste to meet your Son, but may our learning of heavenly wisdom gain us admittance to his company, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit God forever and ever. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord. <laughs>